<clears throat> Alpine and Broadway today in Boulder, Colorado. This is North Boulder. Flatiron Mountains are right here to my right. Uh, the mountains are right here, that's about two blocks. So right up on the Front Range Mountains is what they're called. That's the range of mountains right in front of the Rockies. Rocky Mountains. And uh, this is the ideal Broadway shopping center. It's uh, just a small little old time uh, shopping mall. Ideal market is there and uh, that's where Whole Foods is. I went and bought me an apple and a banana and a uh, bagel, just a snack on something. And uh, somehow, some way, when I walked into the store, when I got to the store, I was feeling just fine. But when I walked through the doors, I sensed immense agitation, like just, like just clawing at me or some kind of it just agitated I just like I just was turning around in circles like I going what is going on here I couldn't figure out what the agitation was and uh, yes sir yeah I don't, I don't smoke I've never smoked in my life thank you so much for your time So Lord, I just uh, thank you for this lady right here. I just praise you for what she's doing right now. And I just bind Satan in Jesus' name from harassing us as we're trying to do our sermon out here. So uh, anyways, so uh, there she goes. So we just bound Satan. And so that was what the problem is up there. So this whole North Boulder area is sort of like dedicated to Satan. So anytime you come up here, that's what's going on. And a lot of people don't see that because they don't do anything for Jesus. And since you don't do anything for Jesus except, you know, you're saved and you go to church and you raise your hands or you pray or whatever you do in church, which, you know, uh, and you don't, but you don't do anything outside of the building, uh, you're not harassed, you're not bothered at all by Satan because he's got you. He's got you so deceived that you don't want to do anything. You're so afraid of people, right? It just saying it like it is, you know. I mean, I've been at doing this for a long time, and I know tons and tons and tons and tons of Christians. I've been around very large churches, and uh, it's just the way it is. I'm sorry I'm that way, but uh, uh, <laughs> it's the way it is, you know. So, anyways, I walk into, you know, that's this lady if you walk across the street and start screaming at me, yelling at me, and demanding me to get off the corner, and uh, demanding to see a permit for me doing this and that's when I bound Satan and uh, I didn't know I couldn't understand what she wanted I thought she was because she had a bunch of paperwork and I thought she was uh, uh, taking some kind of a survey or some sort or a petition of some sort but uh, as soon as we bound her she looked straight at me with the big eyes and turned around and walked that way it's a devil right that's what that was a devil inside of a person and you tell me that devils don't exist. That's what Christians tell me. Oh, devils aren't really real. Uh, they're all locked away. I mean, whatever. Whatever you want to believe is fine with me. I really don't care. Uh, but I walked into Whole Foods, the ideal market here, and I was like, for the first one or two minutes, I just could I didn't want to leave the foyer, the right in the beginning of the entrance to the store. I, it's a really tiny store. And it's just this agitation. I said, that's it. I'm gonna put my banner down and I'm gonna go get my stuff. And But the agitation didn't leave me. I mean, intense agitation until I walked out the door. When I walked out the door, it was like it just completely stopped. 
What's that about? See, that's a devil. Those are devils in that store. And that's happened nearly every single time I've walked into this particular Whole Foods ideal market location. It's about every time. Not every time, but just about every time. And uh, do any Christians do anything about that? I'm going to go back in there uh, after I'm done with my my preaching today. I'm 11 to 4 shift, so at 4 o'clock when I wrap everything up, I'm going to go back in there and I'm going to bind the devils and I'm going to pray in there in Whole Foods. That's what I'm going to do. But all those who are in Boulder or in this surrounding area that hear what I just said, <laughs> go to Boulder, go to Ideal Market. <laughs> bind the devils in there. Because they live there. Those aren't from people. Those are the devils I call devils of occupancy. They occupy spaces where people are. They're not assigned to a person, they're assigned to a place where people occupy all day long, from early morning to late at night. And so those devils live in that building. Take it for what it's worth. All right, so uh, calm down a little bit here. The only reason I'm doing these videos is because the Holy Ghost asked me to do it. Uh, I'm not here to create some kind of a following or watch me, look at me. I'm not here to create drama. I'm not, none of that stuff. I'm here to, as an example that you too can come out and minister. I got my banner laying right there. I'm going to lift it up here. Once I'm done, I was over, already over there. And uh, this is Alpine and Broadway. All right, so this is... Uh, our Sunday prayer letter, they were tent makers, tent makers. I didn't preach on Sunday, didn't preach on Monday because of what happened in Longmont on Friday. But I'm out here today on Tuesday and I'll preach Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Friday, this coming Friday, there won't be a true study class because I'll be on the bus at 6 in the morning or whatever time it is, 6 o'clock I think, 6.15, 6 o'clock, whatever it is. Uh, headed for uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and uh, get down there about 9.45 in the morning, and I hope to be there by, I have to walk from where I get off the bus down to my corner, which is about a mile, mile and a half from my, the bus, last bus stop in Colorado Springs, so whatever time I get there, 10.30 or so, you know, 10.15, 10 o'clock, whatever, and then I'll, don't know yet if I should take the, uh, 4.30, 4.15 bus, or the 5.45 bus. Still debating about that. Uh, uh, last time I took the 4.15, and it was still uh, 8 or 9 o'clock by the time I got home Friday night, but uh, I'm thinking about staying a little later. Don't know that yet, but that's on Friday coming up. Uh, I go to Colorado Springs the, any month where there is a fifth Friday, five Fridays on that fifth Friday, I go to Colorado Springs. All right, so uh, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to actually talk through Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, Acts 18. We're in Acts chapter 18 this week, and I'm going to go from 1 to 11. And uh, 18, 1 to 11. Let's pray. So, Lord, I thank you that we can uh, be where the devils are in our city. That we don't have to fear the devil, we don't have to fear people, we just have to work through the situation. 
we had the armor of God on and all the other tools that we have, which is in the Word of God. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for bringing me here and uh, bringing the people here. Uh, Lord, I ask that you provide to them whatever they're looking for. I don't know what they're looking for. Uh, I don't know if they're just curious or want to learn or want to pray for us. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know what some people are doing, but I don't know what the bulk of people want. And uh, so uh, whatever they need or want or desire, I pray, Lord, that there's somehow, some way that you can help me to provide to them. Yeah. And we do all things in word and deed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. This is a very busy location. This is uh, Broadway, North Broadway. It's actually Highway 93. Goes up to Lyons and down into Estes Park, which goes to the Peak to Peak Highway along the top of the Rocky Mountains. And I'm at the Peak to Peak Highway in Nederland, Colorado. Drops on down into I-70 over there, way over there. <laughs> and this Highway 93 goes on down to uh, Golden and all points south, I guess. I don't know. And this here is Alpine. Uh, this was an old hospital. I spent uh, some time in this hospital when I crushed my leg. And uh, also been in this one over here, too. So there's a, this, I don't know what they're doing here. They're rebuilding it. And uh, <clears throat> anyways, chapter 18. I like the title here. They were tent makers. I like that title because it lets me know that uh, uh, we're, we're to work, we're to have a job, we're to have income coming in. Uh, and you need to be working. I've worked all my life. I started work, got my work permit when I was 15, but before I was 15, I started working was probably eight, eight years old. I don't know, I know I was working by nine, but I probably started working at eight, but let's call it nine. And I was making good money at nine years old. I had my first business when I was 12 years old, and I've had probably a plus a dozen businesses in my life, and uh, all of them failed, every one of them. Uh, the reason they have failed, and also jobs, I failed at every job I've had, except for the last one I had, uh, that I stayed 27 years at, 1989, September of 89 to April of 2017 with uh, three times taken off to do missionary trips. Uh, and the reason why I have failed is because God didn't want me to be a businessman. God did not want me to be an employee of a company, a business, you know, a worldly company. He wanted me to be a preacher of Jesus Christ, a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and. Uh, that has been a big struggle because I never wanted to be one, even though after I said yes to the Lord, I didn't want it. But I kept on going anyways. And uh, I know that's kind of a goofy story. There are a lot of people who call in the ministry. They want to go serve the Lord. Some people go into being in the ministry because it's easy money for some people who work in churches. Uh, I've never wanted that. And uh, uh, after my last missionary trip, uh, and working at Youngman Trucking, uh, I stayed there for another, uh, after my last mission trip, 14 years, something like that, 14 years. And that last 14 years uh, at Youngman was really good, really good. Uh, mainly because uh, I learned 
patience. Patience. I knew it long, long before that the Lord wanted me to preach and to minister. I'd already gone to my schooling and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there, there are people who are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Jobs that you shouldn't be doing, uh, careers that you shouldn't have, businesses that you shouldn't know, that God didn't want you in. He wanted you in a different career or a different path or a different thing. But because of situations in your life, situations in your life, that's what you are doing. And that's like me. I'm, not, I'm no different from everybody else. And uh, I ended up in the trucking world because of what was going on. And uh, see, like this guy right here just walked by in the black shirt. Uh, he, uh, a lot of people can't see this rig for some reason because the camera on is my iPhone and it doesn't look like a camera. To me, it looks like a camera, especially with that big old fluffy thing on top and the cord coming in for the speaker. And, uh, but uh, he thought I was talking to him because I'm talking to a camera. You see, I'm struggling. Uh, I'm struggling because I don't know why I'm struggling. I just know I'm struggling. I've been struggling since uh, yesterday evening. I don't know why. Why am I struggling? Spiritually struggling. I don't know why. So what do I do when I'm struggling? You, you just have, you, you know, you got to keep moving. You can't just sit and do nothing. You got to keep moving. But you just have to really, when you're struggling, you don't turn to the world to satisfy your struggle. Whatever's going on, something's Something's bothering me, and I don't know what it is. Spiritually speaking, nothing physically. I don't see any problems physically anywhere, but it's spiritual. So you don't want to go to the world to try to dull that spiritual agitation, for example. You know, I bound Satan, I bound the devils, I've done all that spiritual work, but it's still present. Why? I don't know. I, you know, we don't have the answers to everything. When some, when you're talking to somebody, they think they have all the answers. I would go find somebody else <laughs> because we don't have all the answers. We have a lot of answers, yes, but we don't have them all. We don't have them all. And uh, we have to move by sight. I mean, by uh, faith, not by, not by sight. And so my faith is uh, I had to walk up here. It's a very long walk, probably a 40-minute walk for me, but it's a nice walk. And then I had the ordeal in the ideal market. And then this lady here. So you see, and it could be, uh, it, could, it could, I don't know what it could be. Uh, and so when I'm talking this way, here's what most Christians will say. Oh, John, it's going to be okay. Oh, brother, we're praying for you. See, they don't have any clue what's going on. But those who work out in the street, they know what's going on. They know what's going on. See? And that's why I wish every pastor in every church would come to the street at least once a week or once a month and preach an all-day session. Preach all day on the street. And do that month after month after month. Once a month, let's say. And then you're going to get a really good understanding of what is going on in your city that you're called to to pastor your church. But I don't see that because 
they don't want to come to this tree. I've been asking pastors, I've asked seven pastors to come out here. I got one pastor who said, okay, I will, do, I'll do that. And he wrote it in his calendar. Uh, that's supposed to be uh, Tuesday, October 2nd. I think that's what it is. Anyways, over there, uh, Folsom and Arapahoe. That pastor to a church, I'm not gonna mention his name because he may not show up. I have no idea. I'm supposing 100% he's not gonna show up. Most people don't do a thing they say they're gonna do. But he put it in his calendar, and if he shows up, praise God. If he doesn't show up, praise God. I'm still gonna be there. And uh, so he's the first pastor, he's the eighth pastor I've asked to come to the street to minister. And so he agreed. He's okay, I'll, I'll be there. All right, we'll see. I hope, hope to put him on camera. <laughs> I'm gonna have him preach a sermon. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna ask him, would you preach on the channel? <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, so uh, they were tent makers. You wanna be a tent maker. You don't, not a tent maker, but you wanna have an occupation. I was a truck driver. That was my occupation because I didn't go in the ministry. If I would have gone into the ministry like I was supposed to do way back when I was 20 years old, after I got out of the military at 21, and gone into the ministry, I never would have been a truck driver. I would have been like God wanted me to be, a preacher and a minister. But I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to preach, you know. We all have problems. And uh, people think that, oh, now that you're a Christian, now that you're a minister, you have no more problems. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, anyways, uh, but I had a job, and I had a wife, and I had children. So uh, we had a home. I had to take care of everything because there was no money in the ministry. I still kept preaching, still kept ministering as I could, as the Holy Spirit led. But there was no money in it. And... Uh, I wasn't doing it for the money. I was doing it because I love to preach and I love to minister. I love to be a soul winner. All right? So be a tent maker. You know, using that tent maker as a uh, placeholder for your career or your business or enterprise or whatever you have. Okay? Wherever God has placed your hands, that's what you are to do. And uh, I've learned that the hard way, the hard way, the hard way. You. When God puts your hands on that, you keep your hands there. Don't you dare move them. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're bussing tables for a living. You stay bussing tables. Uh, if you're a truck driver, you keep your hands on them. You just stay doing what God's told you to do. When He's ready for you, He'll take you out of that and put you someplace else. But you're not going to put yourself someplace else. If you do, that's all flesh and all the world, and you're going to fail. Sorry about that. Be faithful where God put you, right? Like right now, God placed my hands on doing these sermons on the street, lifting a banner. That's what I, I don't look at anything else. This is what I look at. Building a church, pastoring a church, and doing a street ministry and founding a church. This is where God placed my hands on this plow, and I ain't turning back. I'm not looking back. I'm not moving my hands. I'm not asking God for a break. I Not for another job, another, nothing. I got my hands on the plow, and I'm plowing, and I ain't going to stop. Sorry. I don't care how many people say you don't know what you're doing. It doesn't matter to me what they say. I'm going to do what God tells me to do, not what man tells me to do. I'm not afraid of man. <laughs> I have been before, yes. We all have been. I mean, I'm not somebody different. 
I've just overcome a lot of the obstacles and all the problems that most people are stopped by. And they're set there by Satan. And you know, that's why I'm excited that I can even be here at this age and all this time still preaching, still ministering. Because I've overcome all the obstacles. And there has been so many I've lost track years ago of all the problems and all the situations that have hurdles that have tried to block me from the ministry. You name it, it's been happened to me. You name it, it has happened. It's just, are there going to be all the problems going to be solved? No, there's going to be problems coming. I already know, and I'm not so stupid and ignorant of what's happening, what's going down down the road. There's going to be more problems down the road. More problems. What kind of problems? I don't know. How am I supposed to know? How do I get ready for those problems? By staying in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you get ready for the problems that you don't know are coming. But they're coming. They're coming. Or you're going to it. I don't know how it works, but they're either coming to you or you're going to it. Because they're in your pathway and you better get ready for those problems. How do you get ready? By staying in the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of people, the problems attack them, go, oh, where did this come from? It came out of the blue. It didn't come out of the blue. It's always been there right in front of you, but because you spend no time in Jesus, he hasn't, you, you don't know it's there. You don't know it's there. Now, you don't know what kind of a problem's coming your way, but you can still get ready. You can still get ready, you know? There's only so many things in life and, uh, you know, there's your health, so there's your body, there's your brain, there's your uh, spirit, uh, there's your money, there's your family, there's your things, or physical things around you, spiritual things. So there's only, you know, so many things. That, and so the Satan takes those and kind of changes them and perverts them and does all kinds of junk. And so you have to be ready, right? What's the greatest problem that's going to be coming to mankind? A great, the problem so great that uh, Jesus said that problem is so great that uh, this never happened before on the planet. Never happened before. How do you get ready for that problem? That, that's so big that uh, there's no way, uh, no way physically you can get ready for this problem. Right? We all know what it is. How do you do it? You receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and you stay in Jesus. Stay in Jesus. You keep His commandments all the way to the end. All the way to the end. You quit picking and choosing what commandment that you want to believe. Just believe them all and ask the Holy Ghost to help you to do them all. Jesus said, if you, lo if you love me, you'll demonstrate that love by doing the commandments that I've asked you to do, which are really simple. Really simple. Okay? So be a tent maker, right? Be a tent maker. That's what its title is. They were tent makers. They were tent makers. All right? So let's, uh, so we'll go on down to 11 today. Let's just kind of read down through this, and I'm going to keep on talking. Verse 8, uh, Acts 18, uh, in the King James, verse 1. After these things, can, am I still coming in okay? After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. 
and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, is Italian, with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. So he was a Jew that was living in Rome, right? And he was ordered by the boss of Rome, Claudius, all Jews, get out of here. Sounds something like what Hitler did. Hitler didn't say, just get out of here. He killed them all. Millions and millions and millions. I think it was like, was it 15 million Jews that Hitler killed? Yeah, how about that? Wonder why? Because the Jews are God's people. And Hitler was filled with Satan. And Satan hates God's people. And now that we're Gentiles engrafted into God's family, Satan hates the Gentile also. That was an ideal market. The devils hated me being an ideal market. Hated me. The devils hate me being on the street today in North Boulder. They hate it. I'm still here though. Until I go home. Home, heaven. <clears throat> All right, room. And came unto them, verse 3, and because he was of the same craft, C-R-A-F-T, same craft. So uh, Aquila was a tent maker. So because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought for by their occupation. There were tent makers. By their occupation, their craft was making tents. Right? Tents. I mean, actual tents. They, people lived in tents. He was a home builder. How about that? Paul was a home builder. <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Praise God. John's a truck driver. <laughs> I wanted to be a tent maker, home builder, but God didn't let me. He wanted me out in the truck all by myself. Verse 4. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. Isn't that amazing? He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. We already knew that, right? We knew it. It's the Sabbath. Guess where Paul is? He's in the synagogue preaching, reasoning with the Jews and the Gentiles. Because that's his manner, right? That's his manner. That's how he lives. People expect Preacher John to come to the streets. They think it's odd when he doesn't. Like on Sunday and Monday. Couldn't come out. A lot of people go, hey, where were you on Sunday? Where were you on Monday? I was looking for you. Because that's my manner. My manner, the way I live life in Boulder is to come to the street and lift my sign. Lift my sign. I was down the street here walking up here a few blocks and the older gentleman, retired, uh, said, what, what, do you, what is that over your shoulder there? And he said, it's a big, I said, it's a big sign. Oh, yeah, it's a big, it's a big Jesus sign. I'm going to go up to Broadway there because I was on Alpine and I'm going to lift a big Jesus sign up there in Broadway and Alpine. Oh. And he just kind of, that's what he did. He hung his head. But He's probably 70 years old, 75 years old, retired. But uh, anyways, he doesn't want Jesus. That's what he said. I don't want Jesus. What do I want Jesus for? I have a good life. All right. Have a good, you know, enjoy the rest of your life because this is all you got. This is all you got. This is your best life now because after you die, it gets worse after that. He just looks at me silly. 
I didn't say that. I was thinking that, actually. Verse 4. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks, Gentiles, Greeks. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in spirit. Pressed in spirit. Pressed means to touch. You know, you press. You press. I was touched. Press. You can see, you know, put your hand in a pillow and your hand, that's pressing the pillow. You were touching the pillow. It's kind of a forceful push, push or press. So he was touched in his spirit, or there was a force in his spirit, right? pressed in spirit. And he testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Jesus was Christ. The King James says, Messiah is interpreted Christ, or Christ is interpreted Messiah. Okay? Anytime that God wants to give us an interpretation of something, He lets us know what it is. That's what the beauty of the King James. If we need to know an interpretation, He tells it to us. Okay. Anyway, let's go on. Paul was pressed in spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Testified. Gave testimony. Rare record that Jesus, this, and he described who Jesus was, all the scriptures, that he is the Christ, the Messiah. In verse 6, And when they opposed themselves, opposed themselves, and blasphemed, he took his, off his, he took, he, he shook his raiment, his coat, whatever he's wearing, raiment, and said unto them, Your blood be upon your heads, I am clean. I am clean. Just like in Boulder here, the people in Boulder cannot say, I didn't know the gospel. By the time I leave this planet and go home, the people in Boulder, Colorado will never be able to say to God, well, I didn't know the gospel. No, that's never going to happen. Because by that time, I would have had a chance to witness to every single soul in my city of Boulder. How's that going to happen? I don't know. How am I supposed to know how that's going to happen? It's just by faithfulness is how it's going to happen, I guess. God will help me to get it done. Okay? Uh, Jesus was Christ. When they opposed themselves and blasphemy, he shook his raiment and said to them, Your blood be upon your heads. I am clean. From henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles. That's kind of, God bless you. That was kind of the last straw to the Jews. He said, that's it. I'm done with the Jews. I'm going to the Gentiles, and I'm going to preach to the Gentiles. It's kind of what I do. I preach to the Gentiles, the Greeks. Right? But sometimes you have to preach to the people of God first before you can go to people who are not of God. You know, we, we minister to our family first. God bless you, man. We minister to our family first and our strangers second. All right? But if you only minister to your family, never to a stranger, then you can't take all the love your family gives you and deliver it to strangers. You can't do that, you know? I got more uh, people coming over here harassing me. Jeez, crazy day, crazy, crazy day. And yeah, there she is right there, another person filled with the devil. Your blood be upon your heads, I am painless, for I will go to the Gentiles. Verse 7, And he departed thence, and entered into a certain man's house, named Justice, one that worshipped God. Isn't that amazing? Justice worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. 
means it was attached to the to the building of the synagogue. And verse eight, and Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his house. Isn't that amazing? The chief ruler in that synagogue was a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not just him, but his whole house. His whole house. His whole house. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And you parted thence and you parted in a certain man's house named Justice who's, who worshiped God. Here's Justice in his house worshiping God. The house he lives in is, is attached to the temple, the synagogue wall. You've seen that. And he just leaves his house and goes right in the synagogue. And he probably got the, the chief ruler of the synagogue born again. And now when he leaves his house, he goes in the temple so he can worship God in both places. I think that's kind of cool. So we know Justice is a pretty interesting man that he was a soul winner too. Kind of see that he was a soul winner. He did what Solomon, when he read in the book of Psalms, uh, book of uh, Proverbs, he saw that he that winneth souls is wise in his own language. It wasn't reading King James. It wasn't written, you know. And Jesus didn't preach in King James English. <laughs> Goofy people. <clears throat> All right, justice. Worship God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue, and Crispus, C-R-I-S-P-U-S, Crispus, the chief ruler, chief, means that's the top guy, number one man, ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. They, they were hearing, if you don't have ears to hear, you cannot hear the gospel. So that's what I pray before I come to the street. Lord, give him ears to hear. Ears to hear, Lord. Eyes to see. Then a heart to understand what they're hearing. What they're seeing with their eyes. I pray that. Many, many times throughout the day. Many of the Corinthians hearing the gospel believed, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And after they believed, they were baptized. They were baptized, okay? Verse nine, then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, okay? The Lord spoke to Paul at night in a vision. So in class, I mentioned this, and here's another verse that comes to me when I'm reading verses like this. A lot of different verses pop in my mind, and if I don't watch it, I go off on all these rabbit trails because I know, you know, I know the scriptures. I know the Word of God. Maybe not verbatim, like many do, but I can find wherever I'm preaching, I can find the scripture. But here it says, "In the night." So Jesus says, "I will come like a thief in the night." Yeah. Quietly, stealthily in the night. Are you going to be watching and praying at night when you're sleeping? Your spirit's not asleep. How can you watch and pray while your physical body is asleep? By being full of the Spirit of God. By full of the Spirit of God. The Lord spoke to Paul in the, in the night by a vision. And here's what he spoke in the vision. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Let me read this whole thing. Be not afraid, but speak. 
and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. I have much people. What does that mean, much people in this city? Does that mean that people are born again? No. It means he, God knows who's going to get saved and who's not going to get saved from the foundation of the world. Before we can see the world, God already knew what was going to go on. Because that's God. We don't understand it. We can't understand it. We'll never understand it. His ways are higher than our ways. When you try to raise yourself up equal with God, you're doing what Satan wants you to do. So it's a, your choice. You want to follow Satan? Go ahead. And watch your fall, because it's going to be a long way down when you fall. Okay. Be not afraid. So uh, what I'm thinking here is that the reason the Lord spoke to Paul at night in a vision, rather than audibly to his spirit while he was traveling or whatever could be could be i don't know this i'm just kind of speculating here a little bit and that is he was afraid uh now i don't know why he was afraid he didn't he doesn't seem like a man who would be afraid of anything it's just be not afraid and uh but what i'm thinking is that you know we all get weary we all get kind of down a little bit we get get tired and, uh, or just, like today, agitated. And so, this morning, the Lord just kept saying, just keep moving, John, keep moving, just keep moving. That's what God tells me. Because I'm not afraid, but I have a tendency to slow down and stop. So I have to keep moving. It's not the speed that I move, it's that I just keep moving. Slow, yeah. Speed up a little bit, slow down, speed up, go really fast, slow down a little bit. As long as I keep moving forward, okay? That's really important in, in what I'm doing. It's been that way for decades. Just keep moving, just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Don't stop. That's for me, okay? Be not afraid, be not afraid. So he could have been a little frightened. It says be not afraid. Why would a God tell you, say that when, uh, if he wasn't, see, he would be called a liar. God's not a liar. He just speaks the truth. He's the truth. So the truth was, Paul must have been afraid. Why? I don't know. Doesn't say why. But he says, be not afraid. But speak. Speak. In other words, open your mouth and begin talking. And hold not thy peace. It's kind of the, that refers back to another verse that Jesus says, when you go to a city and, uh, let your, you know, if they receive you, leave your peace there. But if they don't receive you, take your peace back and shake the dust of your, you know, shake the dust of the, the city off, whatever that's called, you know. So there's something in peace, like my peace. I pray the peace of God over where I live and in my home, the peace of God. So even though I'm agitated, I have the peace of God. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace. Around the peace, outside of the peace, is the agitation from the devil. That stirring, whatever that's going on. Still there right this very second. Still going on right now. Kind of at a big <laughs> distance, but I can sense it. It sort of sounds a little bit like 
uh, long fingernails against a sharp chalkboard. And just, and then just, you know, it's just, and so I just, you know, it was, oh, pray. Look, I've been praying since 5.30 this morning. So it's not that I don't pray. It's not that I don't fast. I fasted my breakfast to spend time with God because I got up at 10 to 6. Normally I've been getting up at 5.30, but I woke up on my scheduled time at 5.50, which gives me enough time to pray and to do what I need to do. Sorry I'm taking so long. I'm not really feeling good. I'm just kind of dragging. So be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee. I am with thee. Jesus is with me. Even though I'm struggling, Jesus is with me. Jesus is with you. And if he's not with you, then why is he not with you? Could it be that you're not born again, that you've not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Then get saved, man. Get saved. I mean, why not? What else have you got to lose? And if it's not real, and it's all fake, so what? But if it's real and not fake, and you don't receive Christ, woe is you. It's gonna not be good for you. I guarantee it with all my life. I'll stake my life on that. I'll stake my life on that. For I am with thee. I am with thee. I am with thee. That's what God told me back four and a half years ago when I was praying for a bulletproof vest. My trust was gonna be put into the bulletproof vest because I was afraid out here. I'd never done this before. God says, if you buy that bulletproof vest, you'll have to wear it from now on. Every time you leave the house, you'll have to put that bulletproof vest on because your trust is no longer in me. It is in your bulletproof vest. And I threw up my hands and said, forget that then. I'm going to put my trust in you or whatever I said. And that desire and that fear of mankind and being shot out here on the street completely left because my trust is in Jesus Christ, my Savior. What can man do to me? He may be able to destroy the body, but he can't take my soul. He can't take my soul. The devil doesn't have it. God gave, got it years and years ago. Crying with thee. And then he says, and no man, male or female, mankind, shall set on thee to hurt thee. So for four and a half years, nobody has harmed me. Yeah, there's been some instances. Yes, yes, yes. No question about that. The police have been called several times. But everything's been okay. Even when up here in North Broadway and I was from somebody placed a bomb to blow me up. You know, God took care of that. God took care of that. What I thought was a bomb. God took care of that. Because it said right here, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee, John, to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city of Boulder. I have much people in this city of Boulder and in the state of Colorado that I've called you to. Keep moving. Keep moving. Be that example that I've set you to be. That's a word for you too, my friend. God is calling people. Let's finish verse 11. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. A year and six months. 
Can you do something for a year and six months without griping, without complaining, without moaning, without murmuring, without doubting? Can you do that? When God just told you, be not afraid, that must mean things are going on around them. Can you do that? You can if you're in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not in Jesus, then you're not going to be able to do that. Just like this lady here. doesn't mean nothing to her. She thinks she knows what she's doing. I hope she heard me. She gave me a nasty, dirty look. She thinks that she knows exactly what's going on. Lo and behold, that means she has no eyes to see currently. She has no heart to understand currently. She has no ears to hear. She heard me speaking. Says Jesus saves. Trust Jesus on my hat. I've got a Bible. She knew exactly what I was doing. But she just decided that all this is so utterly stupid to her. So what is that in the Bible? The Bible verse says what? Right? It says the preaching of the Gospels, but foolishness to those who are perishing. Right? It's foolish. What I'm doing is foolish. Yeah, see? So maybe with her too. She, this is foolishness. This is stupid. This is the, the most stupidest thing somebody could do is what I'm doing right now. Oh well, we all have different things we want to do in life. And I want to serve Jesus Christ. Even if nobody believes in it, John's going to believe in Jesus Christ. John's going to do that, right? So uh, let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can come out to the street and stand for you. We can stand in the light of Christ and we can do what you want us to do. We give you all the glory, Father, for what you're doing out here on the street. In your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. See, so this lady, you know, you probably stopped back there and she was saying all kinds of words to me because she can hear me. I wanted her to hear me. I wanted her to hear me. Because today, I have no patience for doubters, for disobedient people. I have no faith. I have no tolerance for that today. So Satan knows that. Guess what? He's going to bring things because I have no tolerance today. Very little tolerance for the wickedness. I have no tolerance for wickedness today. Therefore, the wickedness is right up next to me. I'm guessing. I don't know if that's true or not either. Tomorrow is Tuesday, Tuesday, no, tomorrow is Wednesday, tomorrow is church day here in Boulder, Gospel Evangelist Church, we'll have church, 6.30 early prayer for those who are interested, and 7.30 for those who are interested for our house church, and then uh, Wednesday, uh, I'll be down, uh, where am I going to be at, oh, uh, 9th and Pearl, from one dark location to the next dark location, ain't it great? This week is uh, darkness for Preacher John. All right, man, take care. Have a great day. Love you. Bye.